0: This is Stories of the Street. I'm Sachi. I'm Kelly. As we meet new people and discover new places around the world, we encounter countless stories that we feel need to be told. This is one of these stories. Over the past year and a half, or maybe close to two years now, Sachi and I have traveled quite a lot together under very different circumstances and very different places, and... I will say that you really get to know a person (laughs) when you travel with them. I was really surprised taking the plane with you once at how relaxed you are going through security and how there are all these rules and regulations on what you can take in your cabin luggage and Sachi just seems to seamlessly go through security without obeying any of them. (laughs) When we were flying to Havana, we left from Montreal and had a layover in Toronto. My parents call me... Just to say hi before we're going because they knew we wouldn't have internet for a week. And they also, for some reason, started talking about Zika virus on the phone when we're at the airport ready to go. And (laughs) Sachi and I had not thought at all about mosquitoes or disease or things to look out for in cuba you also weren't vaccinated for anything i realized after you
1: got the vaccines for africa you needed most of those for cuba
0: yeah later that year i got nine vaccinations in preparation for our trip to africa and then sachi tells me you should have had those for cuba just a heads up you're going to cuba get vaccinated anyway Sachi and I started freaking out a little bit because we realized that we really needed to get mosquito repellent so when we had our layover in Toronto, we decided to leave the terminal so we could go into the departures area where there was a pharmacy and buy mosquito repellent and whatever we needed which meant we had to go back through security in Toronto. When we got to security, I take out my little plastic bag with all my toiletries and toothpaste and stuff and Sachi looks at me (laughs) and is just confused. I don't know what you said, but <laughs> Sachi clearly doesn't do that. And then I said, well, I'm pretty sure you have to do this. I always do this. They always ask me to do this. And Sachi says, oh, no, they've, I've never done that before. I fly all the time. What are you talking about? Surely enough, everything that's being scanned is being reviewed by a lady sitting the other side, and she immediately shouts that there are liquids in Sachi's bag, and it goes aside. And then her colleague then goes through them.
1: This was an anomaly, though, I will say. And this guy was kind of, I mean, the poor guy. It was mainly the lady who was calling the shots at the security area. And he just had
0: to go through the bag. Every liquid item in Sachi's bag was oversized. You had big bottles of shampoo, several bottles of mosquito repellent, and various things. Probably half my bag was liquids. And none of it was in plastic bags, and it was all scattered in different pockets and things. So this poor man is going through Sachi's bag. But luckily enough, it was very clear that him and the lady who was telling him to go through the bag clearly didn't get along. And he was on our side, and she was not on our side. So when he went through Sachi's bag, there was obviously much more in it than what he fished out and then he handed it over to the lady and said look this is all that's in there what are you talking about and we got through
1: (laughs) but that's one of the only times i've even been checked for that but also don't try this at home
0: we've had several interesting encounters with airport staff together last year when i was flying home from montreal to luxembourg sachi came with me to the airport because she needed to buy a mattress at Ikea which happens to be next to Montreal airport and we thought it was a genius idea to combine our trips and share an Uber to that area, go buy the mattress have lunch at Ikea. They have great food. And free refills on drinks. Once we had bought the mattress we had lunch and then headed to the airport and you came with me to the check-in desk So I would bus back from the airport with, with the mattress. <laughs> anyway, I'm checking in at the desk
1: and I'm behind her with a huge mattress (laughs) that I can barely hold
0: (laughs) and it this really didn't phase us (laughs) whatsoever I was just checking in all my bags and I had quite a lot of stuff with me also I was lugging around all of my suitcases through Ikea and all the staff raised their eyebrows at that (laughs) I remember we asked for a trolley going into the store just to put all of my suitcases on it and they were really confused. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm checking in my luggage and Sachi's standing behind me with a huge mattress. You kind of forgot I was there because you were just checking in. And the lady who was at the desk was really confused because she thought I was checking in the mattress, which totally makes sense because it was on the trolley.
1: But it wasn't clear that she was referencing the mattress. First she asked how many bags do you want to check and you say one and she was clearly confused what you meant because you had a huge suitcase and then (laughs) I was behind you (laughs) with an enormous mattress.
0: And well, obviously I couldn't take the suitcase in the cabin because it was huge. And then she was wondering, why am I trying to check in the mattress <laughs> because she was, she thought I was going through the airport with it. So we just went back and forth in confusion and it didn't, it didn't even occur to me that oh Sachi's there with a mattress. Of course she's confused. <laughs> in my head I was just thinking oh Sachi's coming with me to help me check in and then she'll go home with her mattress. <laughs> but clearly it makes no sense for
1: someone to be walking through the airport with a huge mattress. They I understand, in retrospect, the confusion. And even though we like to do similar things, we still have different travel personalities.
0: I I wouldn't know how to describe myself as a traveler. I'm never really late to planes or anything. Or anything. Or anything in general. Actually, I'm very punctual as a person. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. So for this trip, I made a map on Google Maps with all the places we wanted to go to that people had recommended to us. And that's been really helpful. Then we group activities that are in the same area.
1: She's a geography student.
0: But I don't plan things meticulously. My neighbor, Linda, spends six months planning their summer holiday every year, and it's normally around 30 to 40 pages long, and she writes down exactly where they're going to eat for every meal during that trip. So even though I go on Yelp sometimes, I don't do that. (laughs) I, on the other hand,
1: tend to show up late i don't no, not even late but i think my ideal is getting to the airport going straight through security and onto the plane being the last person on the plane because you just waste less time i get this from my family too we tried this year to book flights in advance with my mom And it was a complete disaster. I was supposed to go to Guatemala in a few weeks. I had booked flights for that and then canceled and then rebooked and then canceled. And then there was one flight to Latin America that we couldn't cancel. And my mom was really pissed. But two days ago, the airline notified us that they were changing the flight time by 10 minutes, making it 10 minutes earlier on their arrival to Panama. And my mom called and said, you know, this can't work. Like, I'm on a very tight schedule. I can't get there 10 minutes earlier. This ruins my whole travel plans. And they said, okay, well, we can get you on a flight 10 minutes later or 10 minutes earlier. I'm really sorry, ma'am. And she said, no, it can't work. So anyway, (laughs) she got the refund on that one.
0: But lessons learned. We're not going to book flights in advance again. It's nice Traveling together because traveling in a group of two is very easy. Even splitting bills, splitting tickets, all kinds of things, it's much easier. We just spent three months traveling with forty people, which was a nightmare at times. Crazy. Everything becomes increasingly complicated when you're in a bigger group and if one person is late or if one person forgets something, that's (laughs) I wasn't even thinking. I know exactly who you're referencing. I wasn't even thinking of that, I swear. (laughs) If one person is late, the whole group is late, you know what I mean? So one time when we were leaving Jinja to go to Kibali in Uganda, Sachi showed up late to the bus. No. Okay, yes. (laughs)
1: Everything on that trip was so regimented. So I usually am given times that we're going to go, but it seems not a strict time when you're traveling just because I associate travel kind of with vacationing and I don't know what I was thinking so I rolled out of bed late I went to breakfast late I didn't have my bags packed and then I'm taking my time kind of getting ready to leave and then as I walk out of the room the buses are rolling and they're leaving the
0: compound (laughs) (laughs) During this time, I was saying, but we don't have Sachi. Where is she? And then she comes running up. And it's fine. I mean, you you were late, but it didn't really slow anyone down. The buses were ready to go. And then you realized about 10 minutes later that you'd left an envelope with all your Ugandan shillings inside. And normally these things wouldn't be the biggest deal, but
1: since you're with 40 people and it's like you have places to go, people to see, it becomes a big deal when there's one person (laughs) that's changing everything. I felt so bad that day. So we went back to the hotel. I got my money. One of the doctors stayed behind because she was leaving later that day. And she found the money for me and got
0: it back. And we recovered. That definitely happened many times over the three months, though, Any travel day, there was always something or someone who had forgotten something, especially when we were entering Uganda from Kenya. We went through a land border and it took us about four hours to get through just because a group of people, I mean, I don't even know what happened. I'm not sure if they ticked on the visa application form, if they ticked their status as diplomat instead of tourist. But whatever happened, whether it was a fault on their part or on the administrative system, It really delayed the entire group and we were sitting in the heat. I think we had bought so many sodas because it was the only cold thing we could get our hands on. Also, if you don't know, when
1: you buy sodas in Uganda, you have to return the glass bottles. We all bought six sodas per person just because there was a deal on the six sodas bundle, but then the store owner told us we would have to be returning all those sodas so all of us downed six cokes each (laughs) anyway we did not feel that great
0: i just remember being really hungry and tired and it was really hot there we were sitting on the floor there was no air conditioning and i think we were doing a saint patrick's day quiz out of boredom
1: we both love to travel but not in the ways i think most people would expect right now we're in lisbon portugal And all of our friends told us that since we are in Lisbon right now, we should definitely do a day trip out to Sintra. No hate for Sintra, (laughs) but we went there. We took the round trip train, which is 4 euro 30 or something like that. We got there. It was a swarm of tourists I was like power walking through. We stopped <laughs> to talk to one guide to kind of get the lay down of where we should go. If we, I was like, we only have one hour. Tell us what to do. Uh, so we go to that place, which is a bus that costs €6.50 or something. Then we go all the way up this mountain to see this one palace,
0: I guess. The Penna Palace? It's the one on the cover of all the guidebooks. The big, bright yellow palace. Yeah, and it had already been
1: looking kind of, it was like Disneyland.
0: The train station is in the at the bottom of the mountain, and it just feels like there are lots of attractions around it. It really does feel like Disneyland. Sachi and I immediately didn't like the crowds, and everything was more expensive, and immediately we were just put off. So we still have faith that this is
1: going to be amazing, because we've heard so much from everyone about this place so we go take the long bus ride up and then we get to the gates and we assume since it's an outdoor palace we wouldn't have to pay we didn't do any research beforehand
0: well at least we didn't think we'd have to pay to see the grounds i mean i had expected there to be a charge for going inside
1: yeah i guess me too so we get there and then there's a huge line and you're supposed to pay another 10 euro just to get into the grounds Yeah, you can kind of see through the trees an outline of the palace, but you can't really see much. So we stand in line because we're all the way up the mountain, and I kind of felt obligated to see it, even though I was mad. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're halfway through the line, and I had been not really wanting to go in, but it's one of those things that I know if I don't go in, Kelly's not going to go in, and I want her to see it. So I have to stay in. This sounds really bad.
0: Well, I was also put off by all the tourists and it was just a bit too much. And it just seemed like Disneyland. It seemed like the castle at Disneyland. So
1: we ditched the line, took the bus back down the mountain and took the train back
0: to Lisbon. (laughs) I think it's safe to say we avoid all the tourist attractions in most places. In Cuba... We made every effort to stay away from the tourist areas and really the entire time we
1: did the same thing every day we were there.
0: We went to the same coffee shop and ordered the same coffee every day, which I think cost around five cents. We talked to the same man every day at that coffee shop and just walked around the same areas, but I loved it because I really felt like we got to learn more about the culture and meet more people that way. The guy at that coffee shop even got me a haircut the last day we were there, he took me to his friend who gave me a, a discounted haircut. It was very nice. I mean, if you've read the article about
1: that one, Kelly got food poisoning three times. It was not the best trip on the surface, but we loved to travel that way. Most of the time when we travel, we use Airbnb if we're not staying with people we know. And most of the time
0: we choose shared Airbnbs. The first time I did this was when we were in Cuba and it was in a shared Airbnb That Tachi had already stayed in previously, so we knew it was a decent place. But obviously we didn't know what to expect in terms of who else would be staying there. So
1: every morning at this Airbnb, they would serve breakfast and all the guests would have breakfast together. So we got to meet quite a few people there. I think the main people we talked to were this family from Mexico. One of the daughters actually got a tattoo the first day, which... (laughs) (laughs) It was such a bad decision and then this other couple from Puerto Rico we really hit it off with then there were some French tourists Mm -hmm. and yeah the couple from Puerto Rico the husband's name was Felix and he had previously been a truck driver in the U.S. and the wife is from Connecticut and they had both moved down to Florida and they were I mean and they speak fluent Spanish they knew a lot of people in Cuba. They said it looked a lot like Puerto Rico, but they hated
0: their trip. (laughs) I think they were also going through a rough period in their marriage because there was constant bickering and arguing, and whenever we were alone with one of them, all they would do is complain about the other spouse. So it was strange that as complete strangers, we were wrapped up in that I don't really understand
1: why they hated their trip, but when they got to the airport, their friend had arranged for them to drive home with another friend who was a taxi driver. And that friend, for some reason, couldn't bring them the whole way home. So then another friend came and drove them the second half. And somehow they ended up being ripped off majorly because they paid, I think, $60 (laughs) to get to the Airbnb. And felix was so mad and there were
0: so many instances where he's like oh god i keep getting ripped off Like, <laughs> and i don't know how uh, we were constantly bargaining and using our spanish to try and get around some prices and all of that so we'd been pretty successful in that and we were just shocked that it had been so unsuccessful in their case yeah
1: on day three <laughs> we i think kelly and i spent three hundred dollars the whole time we were there or something And on day three, Felix and his wife were like, fuck, we've spent $1,000 already.
0: (laughs) I have no idea how they managed to spend that amount of money in Cuba. I think it was on cigars and overpriced taxi rides.
1: So my family has been going to Cuba for a while. A few years ago, my cousin Darren went to Havana And that was kind of the first time anyone in my family had gone since the 90s. And so he was just going, I think it was the year after he graduated from university and he just wanted a vacation. So he went there, but he did not realize that You can't just take money out of an ATM in Cuba. So he just went with credit cards. He had no cash. And you're supposed to bring all U.S. dollars or euro so you can convert that once you get there. There's no way of taking out money or having Wi-Fi to get a wire transfer or anything like that. So he gets there and he quickly realizes this. But Darren is a very charming guy and he's quick on his feet. So he went out of the airport and he saw that outside it's a bunch of taxi drivers who are trying to get foreigners to come drive in their car. So he strikes a deal with one of the taxi drivers outside that he will get foreigners to ride in this guy's car so that he can get a cut of the pay so he can maybe make enough money to find a hostel that night. Long story short, he makes friends with the taxi driver. The taxi driver offers Darren a place at his own home for the night. So Darren stays over the At that place, and then he keeps meeting people in the neighborhood. Somehow, he was an English teacher for a while. He was only there two weeks, but he (laughs) was an English teacher, a baseball coach, and kind of found a network of people that helped him out, cooked him food, let him stay at their places. And yeah, the next year, my grandma went back to Havana to pay back everyone that he had stayed with and everyone he had mooched off of. And then that was the year before we went to Cuba so when we went I wanted to meet some of the people that Darren had made friends with and that now my grandma is still in contact with her best friend in Cuba is named Tanya and we got the chance to visit her place
0: they all loved Darren too we heard so much about your cousin and he obviously left a really good impression on everyone they were also welcoming and it was really interesting to get to know Tanya and We really got a good insight into her life and she even showed us ration books that the state give out to her and everyone. That was really shocking, honestly, to see how all basic food items or all available food items are rationed, so learning about the political system through people was really interesting and obviously very different to the things we saw in the museums in Havana. We didn't really plan anything that week in Havana, but everything sort of fell into place. Um, I'd say it's similar every other time we've been somewhere together. We don't plan an itinerary in advance, really. We've traveled to a lot of places. I think different travel personalities manifest themselves in all aspects of a trip, not just at the airport and being late or booking flights late. I really like your style when you're (laughs) visiting a place. Sachi just likes to see it and get it done and keep going and not waste any time, kind of like... How it was this morning in Sincho when we started speedwalking through the old town. <laughs> yeah, I I went to New York when I was a kid, but I don't remember much. So Sashi wanted to show me a lot of different things. Yeah. The first night we were there
1: I did feel bad because Kelly was on a flight back from Dublin and we picked her up in Boston, drove to New York, and then there was a party happening that evening. And she was so (laughs) exhausted, clearly. But that whole trip was really nonstop. The next day, we walked from 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. We walked basically the entire west side, I think. And I just felt like it was worth showing Kelly all the sights. We did it really fast, though, and we saw so much. And I remember it was 11.30 p.m., and we were coming, (laughs) we were walking back, and... I was like, okay, let's just go see the Oculus, like, we're right here, come on. So we just (laughs) walked by fast, we just got in a lot of essential sites.
0: We saw so many things that day. We started off walking through Chelsea and (laughs) NoHo. I I don't know. I don't know my New York neighborhoods very well, but we went through NYU, we saw Washington Square Park, we went to the Whitney Museum, we had lunch on a rooftop, we walked the High Line, we went to Chelsea Market, we went to Columbia University, we stopped for a nap at your friend's apartment, we saw a Broadway show, Times Square, the Oculus building, had dinner in Little, it was an Italian, that wasn't Little Italy, was it? No. Yeah, yeah. We had dinner in Little Italy. We went to a store opening in Soho, not Noho. So you can imagine it was a pretty jam-packed day. The whole trip was a bit intense. The following (laughs) day, I took her to an eight-year-old's birthday party. (laughs) I think that's a pretty good insight on our travels and experiences in different places together. We definitely have had some unconventional
1: experiences in the past, but those have always been probably the best ones even if they do come at the cost of food poisoning or being singled out at Toronto
0: Airport Security. Things to take from this episode. Tips for anyone, I think. Don't do what Sachi does through airport security. Or do it if
1: you are fully confident you will make it through, because it does work. But don't do it. Don't bring a mattress to the airport. Don't check a bag if you don't have to check the bag when you're going to Havana, because the chances of your or if you're on precision air in Africa. <laughs>
0: when we flew there with our field study, they lost around 13 bags, I think, which was really unfortunate for those 13 people. And the cost saving
1: techniques are great, but some things are definitely worth paying for. I mean, we sat down at a mercado in Havana and we just knew that food was going to not go down well. But we ate it (laughs) but
0: don't do that also know when to pay more even for certain things in havana we went to see the ballet the national ballet perform which was really amazing shared airbnbs are really great you get to meet a lot of different people our experience now is quite interesting we're staying with two women and their partners and this week portuguese tv has been airing all of game of thrones So every time we come into the apartment, there's someone sitting watching it. The first night, they were watching Game
1: of Thrones, and that was exciting. I'm a huge GOT fan. But the next day, all day, they were also watching Game of Thrones. And the next day, too.
0: And we stayed there five days. The worst, I think, was yesterday we left the house maybe three or four times and every time we left she was sitting on the couch with her boyfriend watching game of thrones in the exact same place on the couch i think we left the first time at around 9 a.m and we came back it was close to midnight i think so that's a long time (laughs) to be watching game of thrones it was impressive
1: but they've been the nicest people and have given us amazing restaurant recommendations
0: which we will share on the website because they are genuinely really good recommendations we also tried scooters in lisbon i had never heard of this lime service before apparently it's a big thing in california yeah my family who lives in the bay area
1: really hates all these scooter companies because they've totally taken over i guess they started in silicon valley probably and now they can be found anywhere on the streets and residents are getting pretty upset because they're just, they're not like the regular city bikes or anything like that because you can just pick them up and drop them off wherever. There's no designated places for these scooters. So people just throw them around on the streets. So I, in solidarity with my family, I had a very negative stance towards these scooters. But they're everywhere in Lisbon too. And I had been complaining about them for probably three days and then on the third day we gave in and we tried the scooters and it was honestly so fun we only took out one for both of us which was challenging because i was holding on for dear life on the back and she was going like it's more dangerous to drive in jerks because it's an electric scooter it's not like you kick and it goes but You can hold down and it'll accelerate, but she just accelerated kind of in jerks, so it was probably one of the more uncomfortable rides, plus it was on cobblestone.
0: We're going our separate ways now, Sachi's going back to Montreal in two days, and I'm staying in Luxembourg for a while, and then I'm going to Singapore.
1: So she'll be in Singapore until school starts, well, Singapore and Malaysia, and I'll be in Panama until school starts,
0: so i hope this podcast has been interesting and somewhat useful if you were looking for any travel tips not that we shared that many and not that we have any business sharing any travel (laughs) tips we've had our fair share of mishaps and problems avoidable problems when traveling i would say
1: okay thanks for listening